0: I, well, I would be too, because you know what? Let's, fuck it. We would be. You know what? Don't worry about it. They're right. (laughs) We are like that. Any woman in that situation would be Gaga for Chris Hemsworth. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best-loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. No, I'm, not, I'm, Freda. I'm definitely not Abby. I'm Frida. Just keep going. And I'm Abby me and this week's movie this week's movie is thor it's thor (laughs) good job we 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 did it we're doing a double record and so i just sort of we finished recording i went to sleep but it was one of those sleeps where you're like come on come on come on oh no you can sleep we're doing
1: great guys
0: I propose, Abby. Quickly. Yes. Any news? No, <laughs> since last night. <laughs> Make something up.
1: Well, no. I I was gonna say that because um, it was just an interesting thing that I thought as because because we do our whole science news and stuff. I got myself an informal mentor at uni, and I was just like. Anyone out there, if you're a scientist, even if you're like established early career researcher, particular, or a PhD like me, it's actually kind of cool to get an informal mentor. Because sometimes you might be in a situation where like, you're not going to, I don't think anyone is ever, no matter what you do in your career, you're never going to get all of the insight that you might need to understand academia and how you move through it all from like one person. It's good to have like a bunch Word. of people Word. to talk to. So yeah, yeah. So it's like I've got I've got loads of lovely people that I can talk to um, online, but it was just really nice to just meet someone and have a coffee and walk around the park and have a conversation. It was like look, real, real human,
0: <laughs>
1: real physical person.
0: <laughs> I entered into a mentoring program in physics, and I was like a couple of the. L- young ladies picked me um, and I left that university not soon, soon after. But there was another one that I met at the meeting and she was so anxious that she just, like, left the room and then came back and I was, like, anxious person. Mm-hmm. And I said to her something like, I-, I was like, what's, you know, everything okay? And I, and I said to her, you know – if it's too much for you to be here, you're very welcome to email me. And we still email till today.
1: Aww.
0: We email each other. What's up with her? And I hear about it all. She's not neurotypical. That, Being in the room was out yeah. of torture. And I was like, I said to her, you don't have to torture yourself. Yeah.
1: Mentors are great. Everyone should get mentors. Physics. Absolutely. You're, uh, physics. What? I just referred to you as physics.
0: That's my name.
1: What I was going to say was, Frida, you are an informal mentor to me without realizing it. (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. Just through our conversations and the way we chat.
0: Oh, brilliant. Well, my honor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm (laughs) blushing.
1: Ah, look at that.
0: Ah, oh, better no, step my can't. game this up every, every time I, every time i think about being a mentor i'm like gee i really better step my game up and be like a successful academic <laughs> gee i be i better be better
1: you're great anyway. as you are but it's <sighs> academia so yeah go on <laughs>
0: keep going imagine academia imagine (laughs) academia people were like you're great exactly like you are (laughs) it's okay academia could do a bit of a dose you don't have to
1: publish any more papers it's fine we love you for you (laughs) we love you for
0: you (laughs) okay okay
1: let's let's talk about some fake science will we do you want it
0: yeah I I thought it was real
1: oh cool (laughs)
0: i thought it was all real are you making fun of me no but i don't know what i don't know what i'm doing i'm sorry i don't know what i'm doing
1: (laughs) Frida, trying to she's trying to be positive about marvel that's what she's doing (laughs) um okay i'm gonna do a summary Frida, two brothers Alien invasion, fire robot, new Mexican warrior brothers who are just regular brothers fighting in the desert and all sorts of things. The movie. Okay. The joke might be getting a bit old, so I'll stop. Never. (laughs) But. (laughs) Okay. The gods are here and it turns out that they are aliens. Hot damn. And we mean hot damn. Jane knows. Loki is so sick of Thor's ways that he devises a plan to get him into trouble. Isn't that what brothers do? So Thor falls for the lore and starts a pesky war, really pissing off Daddy Odin. Now, this isn't a grounding felony. This is like banishment time. So off to Midgard, Thor is thrust along with his trusty hammer. Meanwhile... A trio of scientists are out following a weather anomaly when a man falls from the heavens and an astronomer loses all sensibilities. The crazy space dude flashes his pearly whites and heads off to find his hammer, while Jane gets the shakedown from the men in black. Years of research gone. But who cares? Love is in the air. And maybe magic is real. What even is science
0: anyway? Funny. I love that conversation where he was like, you people, they call it science and some ancient people call it magic. And for us, it was just funny. It was like, They the call same. it magic as if science is like science is the driving force of all nature, like magic or science. Which one is it? And I'm like, science is a system. <laughs> well, that's we're going like, to have that conversation in to a come while. To so. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. How did you feel about Thor? Fun. Fun. It (laughs) was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Now I finally understand what my boss's background for his Zoom is. Oh. It's Asgard. Oh, is it? (laughs) Now I can be all cool. Oh, yeah. That's what all cool kids do on Zoom. Oh, I should have
1: changed my background. Damn it. Okay, I'll do that for you in the (laughs) future. Um, okay, so you, it was fun. So did you enjoy it? It D- Was it a fun enjoyment or was it like, oh my God, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> enjoyment. I liked that it was under two hours. It's been the first Marvel film so far that's not been like really, really long. And I liked that. I definitely like, it's hard watching movies like that on like my TV in my house because I wish if I was in a movie with popcorn, I'd be like, Okay. And then I'd right. be like more focused, but because I'm at home and it's like not exactly my style, and I know like these long action sequences, which the details like I sort of will ignore that I'll have to like go back. I kept having to pause and go back, and so I know that if I if I saw it in the cinema with like a bunch of engaged people, it would have been a better experience. So sometimes I have a little bit of regret that I'm not like oh. able to experience that way, um, but it was. I thought that it was charming and that um, they were cute and um, handsome and <laughs> um, they were hot, and <laughs> also, <laughs> and there was cool stuff, but mostly <laughs> it was pretty cute people yeah. in it. Mostly.
1: <laughs> in it, that's the thing. With it's mud. Like The thing, yeah, I mean, I really like it. It's definitely not my favorite of all the Marvel movies for sure. But, like, the thing is that there's this thing with Marvel movies, to to those of us who love them, are so good that even the ones that aren't the greatest are not bad movies. They're just not the, they're just like, ah, there's other ones. But anyway, this one, like, for one that was the one that introduced Thor as a character, like, there's a lot of silly things in it, but in the in reality, it was done really well because if you really think mm-hmm. about it, they had to introduce a Norse god of thunder into the like Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way that would fit with Iron Man and set up the Avengers and make it not look completely stupid.
0: If you put okay, yeah, if you put it that way, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I have a question, which is the so. We're up to this, this is the point we're up to. But there was the arrow man, the bow and arrow man was in yeah, it. We Hawkeye. haven't met him yet.
1: No, that was the first introduction of Hawkeye.
0: We never saw him. Okay, so when, so basically that actor, Jeremy Renner, yeah. they yeah. were like, come for this one scene or this couple scenes. Yeah. And everyone would be like, Hawkeye, oh, okay. okay. Hawkeye.
1: Well, that's, okay. that's right? the thing. That's what's kind of beautiful <laughs> about it. Because, like, even if you don't follow. I love those little things that they put in that are like for the for the comic nerds you know the little ones where people who would know who Hawkeye is there's so much of that stuff and that's why I think I do agree with you that I think there's certain thing about watching some of these movies in the cinema because there's definitely there's definitely ones where I've been actually in in the cinema watching it and I haven't known the comic book lore for something that's popped up but the audience reaction tells me something just happened. Something yeah. important just happened there. And I love just watching people who are really like nerdy in on this kind of stuff. Just get really excited. It's just cute. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That was the first introduction of Hawkeye. And um, and yeah. Just a brief little cameo for him really. As a kind of a lead up to what the next movie is. Which is the Avengers. So. In terms of this movie though. Like I said. Because it's setting up. Introducing Thor for the very first time. And. Trying to root that mythology into the real world and how do you do that? Well, you do that by bringing in Kenneth Branagh. a Pretty well known and appreciated actor, producer and particularly a stage director. Uh, My first ever experience of Kenneth Branagh was when I was like 16 and saw his film adaptation of Hamlet, which I became immediately obsessed with. And watched so many times, even though it's like four hours long. I've watched it so many times. Frida, um, how would you feel about the, uh, the Kenneth Branagh driving
0: force of Thor? Why, don't you want to know my first experience of a Kenneth Branagh? Oh, go on. Yes, please. It was Shackleton.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Shackleton. I watched
0: Shackleton. Yeah, it was on like SBS or whatever. And it was a series parts um, and I watched it with my mum so I love Kenneth Branagh yes but I don't understand and then of course Harry Potter but I don't understand why he did this why I, he do this
1: it's kind of it feels really clear to me because <laughs> okay, like, I mean first of all he like he's just a super open-minded creative person And I think he just sees joy and kind of beauty in a lot of things, a lot of different outlets and different kind of ways to be creative. But the thing about him mostly is he is uber Shakespearean, a bit rad-ass, loves big opulent sets and styles. So who better than to introduce Norse mythology and the Nine Realms? There's just a scale to the visuals that he likes to kind of create with these worlds and stuff and i just think it's really Mm -hmm. cool and he's super proud of it so do you do you feel do you feel like you understand more now why 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 the ken came on
0: (laughs) yeah it's got a whole (laughs) drama drama sets visuals and you know stories
1: yeah okay um so let's talk about some of the cast let's just focus for now on the asgardians Um, on Asgard we have the rulers Odin and his wife Freya we have the princes Thor and Loki and their friends who are mostly Thor's friends really the Lady Sif and the Warriors 3 and then of course we have the Watcher Heimdall so before we get into the brothers is there anyone that you want to
0: pick out in the cast to talk about Idris Elba okay (laughs) I loved him Okay. (laughs) oh I loved him uh, he was so huge, but I loved I loved when he's like You will defy your king and they're like, Yeah and he's like, Good
1: <laughs> He just walks. Like I just him.
0: liked it was well done that scene. Uh, yeah. I just love I just it just Elba is like just gorgeous to look at. He and is and his in his all that armor. It's like honey. Yeah, in I, I I knew it was like the uh, yeah, I knew who he was like in the first second, because his voice and just his eyes, um, he just did it. He did a great job. Yeah. I loved it. Um,
1: I'm not going to, I've got some stuff I want to say about him in a little bit. So I'm going to save that for okay. then. But I agree with you. Okay. So anyone like else? Huh? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I liked all the Warriors. I loved them. Yeah. I loved the guy that was eating the, the 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 boar and he was like, don't think just because I'm eating so much that I'm not upset. He's like, don't mistake in my appetite for apathy. I was like, <laughs> well said. I liked him. Yeah, as I said, I think I was just having like – I was just being like pervy, honestly. Like yeah. <laughs> that was my thing in this movie. I'm sure I'm not the one. I was just I like enjoying – <laughs> all the beauty <laughs> was like gods warriors I was like yeah, yeah. and then, like the fighting scenes were like fighting and I was like uh-huh yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> loved it they were all fantastic
1: okay let's talk about let's talk about the two main ones then though the brothers uh, first off Tom Hiddleston unknown at the mm. time originally auditioned for the role of Thor The character of Loki was only ever supposed to appear in this movie and that was it. And then along came Hiddleston and turned Loki from a standard villain into a complicated emotional character that is a first class fan favourite and still in the MCU to this day
0: as a result. What did you think? Uh, I'm definitely excited. What I think is that I'm excited for to see more of him like his complexity. Yeah. I liked the whole background story like I felt like they motivated it very very well. That he has the self-hatred that we yes. know is behind every villain, but it, it it is so well set up. So um yeah, I'm yeah. just keen to see what what else we'll see.
1: It is. I just I think he plays it so fantastically because you see you see like the pain and the the sadness that he feels, but then also he's just so sinister sometimes. Whatever Tom Hiddleston does with his face, he just has moments where you just go, "Oh, you're a creepy yeah, little a good
0: fuck." Paul Loki he, do- he doesn't fit in. Exactly sucks. So it's hard is- not fitting in.
1: Yeah, and this is this is why we know where he's like, and and they do a good job of setting him up as not just like a villain that we completely dislike. And part of setting him up as a uh, in that way is by having Thor be so unlikable at the beginning. And at the time, so moving to Thor, then we have it's Chris Hemsworth, of course, also unknown at the time, unless you're Australian, of course, because you know. With you each day,
0: home cabin in the woods. Way. Oh, I'm annoyed. What about Cabin in the Woods? Before? Oh, it was the same year. Oh,
1: bro. Yeah. <laughs> bro. Anyway, Thor is definitely very, very reminiscent at the start of what his character is like in, in general mythology. Um, but then, of course, we are able to get a bit of an arc with him by having him be so unlikable at the start. But it also makes us have more sympathy for Loki because... You're like, well, yeah. Why would you pick that dick to be king over, over the smart
0: one? What do you think? I think that it's like a fish, fish, chicken. What's the ch- chicken and egg <laughs> situation? <laughs> Where he he is the, you know, being the favorite makes mm. you like that yeah. or something. He is, yeah, he was really funny. Obviously the coffee, you know, when he smashes the cup down, that was kind of brilliant. I think that there's an innocence. I love that Thor, he's played that innocence when he's down at earth. He does the equivalent of the born sexy yesterday trope. Oh, that should have been my trope. Oh, gosh. Oh, good trope—the born sexy yesterday trope, where you have, um, you know, in um, *The Fifth Element*, um, *Blade Runner*, where you have this sort of otherworldly being that doesn't know the rules, i.e., how yeah. hot they are, and have an innocence and allow the people to look at them freely. Un- consciously because this person doesn't understand the rules and I thought that he like flipped the trope that it was like a gender reverse where they were just staring at him in awe the two <laughs> yeah. women and he doesn't you know but then of course he kind of does I suppose like in the end yeah. they sort of have their kiss and everything like that so I thought Chris Hemsworth did like such an awesome job of flipping that that trope and all the little there's moments. A, yeah, it was just There's so a good. really
1: fun, um, well-known story that Kenneth Branagh tells where he says that, like, at the start when they were filming and that particular, that scene where Hemsworth is topless, at the start he wasn't he was wearing a top And Kenneth Branagh goes up to him like in confidence and private because he's like how do I awkwardly Ask this and he's like I don't want To make you feel objectified I don't want to make you feel Uncomfortable but you know Would you think it would be okay if we could do One with your top off and Hemsworth is like I've been working out hard for Six months for this you better believe I'm taking my fucking Top off <laughs> he's just like let's go <laughs> I love it It's great
0: Oh. That's so funny, but imagine how many women have been told, like, you're taking your top off for this. Yeah. Like, you don't have a choice. I don't think Kenneth Branagh does <laughs> like, that, though. Not, you know. by, not by Branagh. <laughs> no, no, not by Branagh. But yeah. Ophelia, you're going topless for this. <laughs> you're going to be in that river, and your top is going to be white, and it's going to be see-through, and you're going to wear any bra. I don't have a choice. <laughs> That's the only situation Kenneth Branagh could yeah. possibly be <laughs> in his career. <laughs>
1: okay, moving oh, on. Contract. Moving on. Unless you have anything else you'd like
0: to say so about I Chris Hemsworth. Sorry, no. I love him. I have a weird Australian pride. We're such dorks. We think Australia is one street. <laughs> oh, I don't. All I right. So, shall we get into some themes then?
1: Okay. There's not much to say here The theme is setting up the Avengers That's the theme The main goal of the movie Is to pull the gods from Norse mythology Into the modern world In a way that will open up The Marvel Cinematic Universe To space and aliens mm-hmm. Themes <laughs> There's of course the underlying current Of how like indulging arrogance in one child Can lead to jealousy and resentment in the other The whole brains succession, brawn Jealousy, succession, rivalry, yeah. sibling rivalry
0: Succession um, succession yes, it's yeah yeah what well, was the funny thing of like in order you know you want a succession is something you want your whole life not really internalizing that your father has to die for that to happen as well like mm-hmm. that's it's just a it's the idea is an interesting idea
1: it's that thing as well about how what is what is succession to you like what what is it that you're chasing after Mm-hmm. you want to be king why do you want to be king what's your reasoning for it is it just the power the glory is it the cheering crowds or are there actions that you actually want to take or yeah is it know, a difference just of because opinion? you disagree with the current king yeah. like it's there's so many things kind of is it and it is a question of when you're told your whole life that you are born to be a king then you expect to be a king
0: well I guess it's just like you want to be king so that you can finally get the answer of like am I better more worthy than my brother the official yes, sort of yeah. answer
1: Well that's that's what Loki would want if like if he was chosen over Thor but like why does Thor want to be
0: king? Oh he's because so he
1: feel competition with Loki he thinks he's better than Loki
0: He's just so impregnated with the feeling of his own superiority it's not even a yeah. question Privilege
1: Wills and Arie eh?
0: Okay Oh Let's Wills. Do Wills and our Harry. Tropes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've said two already, which is the, the king wants to see you. Oh no, I am now the king. And what was the other one I just said? I can't remember. <laughs> but um Oh um the born sexy yesterday trope. Flip. Gender flip. But my trope is like these two beautiful young science women and this old motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Why is the male scientist a million years old and the women are, like, 30? Like, there's nothing in the middle. <laughs> Why isn't the woman
1: I mean, sixty. I will say
0: it's highly, Someone of
1: na- it's highly reflective of my current <laughs> academic life, so.
0: Because <laughs> there aren't any. I know, so it's all the all the scientists that are women are under certain age, because yeah. there aren't any. Yeah. They haven't yeah, made it so. up to
1: that level of academia yet for, for it to be old. Old science ladies and young
0: science ladies. <laughs> That's so. Then it really is a trope of old, old motherfucker yeah. and the young beautiful women just running around. He's so old. <laughs> leave Skarsgård alone. <laughs> he's Skarsgård. not that old. I can never. I can never leave a Skarsgård <laughs> alone. <laughs> What's
1: um, What's Okay my trope My trope is So it's a weird one This is I want to talk about Idris Elba for a minute Because there's a trope called Ability over appearance And it's to do with casting The way it's kind of described I think maybe this is something Kenneth Branagh said Is if you have a chance to have a great actor in the part Everything else is irrelevant And the reason I'm bringing this up Is because there was backlash Over casting Idris Elba And I want to talk about this for a second Because it just fucked me off Basically, the complaints from people is that the Heimdall character is described as the whitest of the gods. And the complaint about Idris Elba was that he wasn't Scandinavian looking
0: because he's black. There are black people that are Scandinavian.
1: And I'm like, the entire purpose of the movie, firstly, first, first comment is just general with the movie. Where what they're doing is establishing that what you believe in Norse mythology were these Norse gods. Were actually aliens from another planet. So they don't need to look Scandinavian. That's a stupid fucking comment. Stop. But secondly, I am so sick and tired of people complaining about this type of stuff. I am so tired of seeing when somebody gets cast where the character's race has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on the storyline. You know, it's like when people complain, like if there's going to be, if you're going to make a historical period piece, which has a commentary on race and how people are treated, then yes, the colour of the skin will come into the casting. But if you're going to get set something historically where the race of the people has absolutely no point to the story whatsoever, it doesn't change anything in how any of the characters' lives are because it's not a comment in this fictional world that's being created, then the colour or the, like, the ethnicity or the culture of the actor playing that role doesn't fucking matter. And I don't understand why people keep complaining about this.
0: I I think that there are certain groups of people that complain more and feel entitled. Yeah, And I would venture to say... That the MCU fan base is more entitled than maybe others, and more vocal in their opinions about things. I might. I don't think it's because their vocal fan base ba- that were okay, complaining
1: fine. about it. I think it's people so who what were is- saying he's. I think it was people who were saying that oh he's he's a Scandinavian god, therefore he should look yeah. Scandinavian, therefore he should be white. I don't okay. know who was complaining about it. I don't think it's the MCU fan base.
0: I know they obnoxious love obnoxious just- people. Idris Elba's is amazing, and first of all, I don't know if anyone's like you know there are black people like in those countries. Yeah, there are loads of black people. What the fuck? Um, so, but 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 also, what's the what's the point? I was randomly thinking about this the other day because people that are like that character was not black in the in the book. You know, it's like I hate to break this to you, but. Black people are, like, also just humans. (laughs) They're not just black. They're also humans that are capable of playing a human and a story about any human. You don't need to have a certain color skin to play out a human story. How ridiculous. What's black people only get roles if it's, like, just said this is a black person, so it's, like, Lee Jordan. (laughs) Lee Jordan in Harry Potter is like written to be black, and like that's yes. all you're allowed to do. Otherwise, like there's no roles. Then there's nothing to yeah. do. So you just be slaves <laughs> and people on death row, basically, yeah. because that's how things are written. Because that's what's available. Because that's the world that we live in. Exactly,
1: and, it, and that's the thing is, and this it comes back to the same issue where people are complaining about the fact that they're saying that James Bond can't be black. And I had some I had a conversation <laughs> with someone with this. Somebody <laughs> said to me, James Bond couldn't be black because when the books were written, black people wouldn't have been in Scotland. And I'm like, firstly. What the fuck are you talking about? It wasn't that fucking <laughs> long ago And secondly Are you tell? I'm sorry Are all the modern day James Bond movies Adhering to the Culture and the timeline Of when those books Were originally fucking written? Are you telling me There's the not black people culture. In Scotland right now? What the fuck are you talking about? And it's the same For the people Who are banging on About how Doctor Who Couldn't be a woman Doctor Who can't be a woman Doctor Who's a man Doctor Who's an alien With two hearts What the fuck are you talking Doctor about? Who Doctor it Who a Doctor Who be Whatever the fuck Doctor Who wants It's not human Doctor Who's not human. Like it's not. Stop. Doctor Who isn't real.
0: But also just, who
1: cares. This is the thing. These are fictional characters. Where their, their gender or their race. Has no bearing. On how that character is played. Do you know what I mean? Nothing changes about James Bond. By him being black. Unless you want to say like. Oh it's but James racist. Bond wouldn't be able to do this stuff. Because he was black. Why? Because racism exists. But you want to deny racism. Then outside of this. Like no. This is a fictional world and James Bond can be whatever the fuck the directors and the casting people think James Bond should be and it's the same in this i just it just annoyed me that i saw that idris elba actually had to put up with people complaining about him not looking scandinavian to play a fucking alien shut up
0: i'm sure he's seen it all i love that my, the rich culture of james bond that nobody adheres to now this rich history of the James Bond is actually written in Scottish mythology and i a Scots person I'm highly offended that the, the James Bond
1: just like what is wrong with people? Oh anyway sorry so, so there, so the, it is it's a trope but like in this context it's a good thing where they just kind of go like the ability of appearance where it's like okay the the, cat, the actor can bring more to this role than whatever the original appearance was written like and the original appearance does not matter because the ability of the actor is more important to the story and how things go. And I was just like, yeah,
0: okay, cool. Great. Anyway. I hate that he had to even give an explanation, motherfucker. Just, I hate that he even had to be like, oh, you know, when you get a good actor, it's like, it's all cool. Like, I'm yeah, thrilled at Idris Elba yeah. in this movie. I know. Don't worry.
1: You'll see him again. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's move into the science realm of our episode. When the movie first opens, we meet our three earthlings in a van in the desert, storm chasing a la Twister. But they're not actually chasing a storm. They are astronomers tracking a weather anomaly in their mobile lab. Now, is there anything that you want to say about this uh, lab setup? Because I feel like they're just mixing
0: a few things up here. Uh, also, w- were they like, oh, you're an astrophysicist, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So I was. So I was like, why, why are you taking a jeep across the desert?
1: Yeah. 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 So I think like the premise I think is that there's this astro, there's. So there's a couple of lines that they say. I think at one point Darcy says you don't think this was just a magnet storm, and um, Selvig says something about thinking it was. Oh, it, I thought you said it was just a subtle aurora. So it's this idea that she is conducting astronomical research um, looking at anomalies in the sky but that's causing weather disruptions and so she's taking atmospheric data but at the same time like an astronomer or an astrophysicist would not be taking atmospheric data and looking (laughs) at weather anomalies within the atmosphere. You'd look at like space weather maybe, sure but like yeah it's so I think they're just basically trying to find some way to, to connect it. And then they've got them out in the Jeep with their portable equipment. But then at the same time, it's like, well, an astronomer wouldn't be out in a Jeep. They'd be in an observatory, surely. So there was a lot going on here that I was just there like, yeah, plot device. I was like, in the end, I just kind of went, it's not realistic to the profession, but it's not unrealistic as a setup in terms of like having the equipment and the tracking stuff and like research yeah, atmospheric and just science. things like
0: that yeah At- atmospheric scientists would be in a jeep chasing a thing for sure they're, they're, yeah the science people i was like I, mean, <laughs> I i i just gave i just i just was like whatever whatever guys it's fine <laughs> i have comments about yeah specifically later but i was definitely just like in pain, in serious pain.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, there's yeah. All right, let's. I let's thought get you said it was subtle tent.
0: aurora. If you're chasing auroras, <laughs> what? Well, what are you, what are you doing chasing auroras? Yeah, if that's what you thought it was. It's,
1: they just tried to find some way to to make this fit, and um, I get that they were trying to find some way to make it fit. But it's also like it's just no. You you wouldn't be she wouldn't be an astrophysicist slash astronomer because that's what they say that she's an astronomer but she's also a world-class astrophysicist and it's like you just just wouldn't be out there in the jeep doing that so I don't know she's an
0: astronomer and then she talks about particles I have to say it's very confusing because she talks a lot about particle physics too
1: Yeah, it's she's she's a she's a classic. Okay, we'll come back to Jane in a second, but she is a classic (laughs) jack of all traits She's an iron man, you know. She's just just one of those people who's just like, she knows all science. (laughs) Let's. Do you have any? What do we want to say about Darcy, the intern, political science major, Kat Dennings?
0: Mew mew. Um, I like. Mew (laughs) mew.
1: What's that? It's the line. Where he says about his hammer, gotta get Eleanor. Oh, She's like, mew <laughs> mew. What's mew mew? I just love her. I just every she just oh, every yeah. little thing she does is just subtle and wonderful.
0: Kat Dennings is the quintessential Jewish American princess. Oh, uh, you said that about Rachel Ice already. <laughs> Rachel Ice isn't is an American. Okay. Kat Dennings is a Jap. Ugh. Everyone knows that. Wait,
1: what did you just (sighs) say?
0: A Jap, a Jewish-American princess. Okay. Her whole cadence is very – (laughs) yeah. I like Kat Jennings. I love her. Um, She is just so vivacious and um, funny. And, yeah, I just – she's good. I like that she plays, like, the role – like she she gets like she doesn't get the romance she just has to stand there being like oh but <laughs> Natalie Portman is the one that gets the man I was like justice for Kat Dennings justice for Kat Dennings
1: but she plays it so well and it's so funny she's just I know she's funny they, she's a good flighty student you know I don't know what I'm doing here I don't really care I'm just here whatever what's going on who cares yeah. Uh, okay, so supervisor Eric Selvig, professor of theoretical astrophysics, Stellan Skarsgård. Daddy Skarsgård's in the house.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, he was fine. He didn't do a lot. He just sort of stood there agreeing and being. Yeah. Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nice he old pretty old supervisor dude. He's not that fucking old. Leave him alone. Jesus. He's, I mean, just look, like, his face and his hair, are like it's like blending into each other. Oh, my
1: God. All right. OK, let's talk Jane then. Let's move on. Astronomer Jane Foster. I have very conflicting feelings about Jane. Frida has a list. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say a positive thing about Jane <laughs> And then I want to get into it because the positive thing for me, the positive thing that I will say about Jane is that in the original comics, the character Jane Foster is a nurse. And then like as they kind of moved through and moved into more modern times, they kind of changed her profession as a reflection of the fact that um, women can be scientists. So she was changed to being an an astronomer slash astrophysicist. And that's just my positive thing, because I'm like, I think that's kind of nice that they've changed the characters in the comics as time has gone on to reflect changes in society and things like that. So, okay, awesome. But Jane is our representative of women in physics in this movie, and I want to know how you
0: feel about it, Frida. I just decided I have no love for Natalie Portman. I've been I've been struggling for a long time with this and trying to be like fair because, you know, I guess I'm supposed to like her. But after this, I was like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed anymore to say, I don't have any love for Natalie Portman at all. I don't have, I don't think so. I, I, I don't, I don't think I enjoy watching her. You the Annihilation she
1: just, a
0: lot. I was holding on, but she, she playing. As I was had a bit of disdain for her sexy science pillow talk and her whole like, her portraying a scientist the way she thinks a science is because she has a PhD or something in like a different area. So she thinks, because I'm smart and educated, I have a grasp on this thing. And I can easily talk the way I think a scientist would talk. But some of her bullshit in this movie was too much. For example, I come out here when I'm trying to reconcile my particle data. I like to come out here when I'm reconciling my particle data. Like, who the fuck do you think you Don't are? you do
1: that. Where do you go when you're reconciling your machine learning imaging data? What do you do? It's
0: so manipulative. Go I go out on the roof and, like, you know, there'll be some like very brawny man who is just never seen a, a woman scientist in his life, and I'll be sitting on the roof and I'll be like, you know. I just like to come out here sometimes. When I'm reconciling my, my data, you know. You know. Just by myself. Um, I almost okay. forgot you were here actually. I almost okay. oh, oh, I forgot you were here. Oh, you All are right. here, aren't you? All right, move on now. Move on.
1: <laughs> Next.
0: Whatever. No, oh, yeah, that's that's if I said out
1: loud, that's all. I found yeah, her go, super embarrassing. This is the thing. I was that's like, "Reach Yes, I just found you. her <laughs> embarrassing because I was like, "There's some aspects of the character that you can see where there's like good qualities. There's like strength and passion, and you know she loves her research and whatever. But like, I just like." Do you think that that's how a woman would... be? Do you really think that that is how a female scientist would behave if she met a fucking alien? Do you really think that if a female scientist was like, there is an alien standing in front of me, someone from another world has just appeared in front of me and that she would be so blindsided by his beauty that she would turn into a blubbering little mess, incapable of like... I, You know, I just think... A real physicist would be like, hey, yeah, he's attractive, but you'd be like, who are you? How the hell did you get here? What do you mean science is magic? How does this work? Explain to me how you got here. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, why the fuck is she starting a romance with him? What the hell? He's an alien from outer space. I know. (laughs) Like, what the hell? Why is she like... It happens very quickly as well.
1: Science and magic is one and the same. And she's just like, wow. And I'm like, how about the fact that you're a fucking scientist? You are a physicist. And how is your response not being like, what do you mean? What's magic? Where do you come from? What happens? What is it? It, And you're right. It happens over the space of two days. It's like two days or something.
0: It, It happens very quickly. And she's just and she doesn't question herself at all. And she just does it. And she's just like starry eyed. And. Come back for me, you alien i, I have it, it's so there's so many she just doesn't at all question it. She just is like cool and just goes for it, not knowing anything about him, not knowing like i i have I have a lot of like if i if I met a north a north north Norse god and I, he did things such as more of this and smashed the car. But the first thing I wouldn't do is want to sleep with him, you know. I'd have questions. I wouldn't have I would feel. I would feel, you know, standoffish. But I would feel a little bit unsafe because you don't know who this
1: really strong person is.
0: There is another trope in there of like because she's a woman, she has to fall in love. Yeah, it's sort of like stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know why they had that. It was ridiculous. And he was like, and we don't know anything about him from there. Like we don't know anything about him and like his is there a wife who's betrothed to? What's the culture there? How does it work? Does he have multiple wives? Does he have does he like there's there's nothing about their culture and what the expectations are of him back then in terms of yeah. taking a wife or a queen or how any of that works. We we see nothing of him in in regards to that at all and then just natalie portman like he's a norse god like i just they didn't explain anything and it was so unnecessary for the plot
1: yeah do you know what you're right that's the thing the the romance between jane and thor is just a comic book canon thing that actually doesn't do anything for the story and it doesn't do anything like it just it yeah, it just it it's not established well enough for me. It doesn't build. If they had at least allowed time to pass, some sort of passage of time of Thor being on Earth instead of it just being like two days. And this woman who's supposed to be a brilliant scientist, completely losing all sense of herself in the face of like a pretty guy she doesn't know. I just it's just not plausible. It's like come and on. So, man. And also
0: the whole I'm a brilliant scientist thing, I'm just like, shut up there is no such thing as like I'm this brilliant scientist, and everyone's like, "What a brilliant scientist!" Like it's not how the fucking world works. We don't have people like that. You're just chipping away at the old block, <laughs> trying your best. You know, you don't open your mouth, and everyone's like, "Wow!" <laughs> like, so who are a these lot characters? The,
1: yeah, a lot of the things that I've seen about about Jane from the there's a lot of people that consulted on this on this movie. A lot of a lot of scientists, a lot of very well-known scientists and highly established scientists have had conversations with them about some of the aspects of the movie. And one of the things that they've all equally said is that the portrayal of Jane is very frustrating because of the fact that particularly just because of the fact that she doesn't do anything a scientist would do in the face of meeting this this man. You know, in terms of just asking questions and being curious and wanting to know what's going on. And yeah, and and I did. I found that very frustrating.
0: There's no emotional distance from the subject whatsoever. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just sort of stupid.
1: Okay, so Jane may not ask the question of how does it work? But we fucking sure will. (sighs) Uh, But before we do get into it exactly how it does work or doesn't I want to talk about the Asgardian side of things. This like fantastical version of science and that very very famous Arthur C. Clarke quote Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. (laughs) So Brayda Is it fair to say that an advanced alien civilization would have technology that to us would appear to be magic? (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're talking you're asking me an honest question about what I feel like an advanced alien civilization, which you know, I don't think will ever happen um
1: well, think about our future yeah, sure. in society like the, our yeah. society in five hundred years' time what do you imagine what the technology would exist then? Do you think that if we saw that technology at this moment in time, would we think it would would we call it magic? yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think more like, oh, if we went back in time 500 years ago and showed even just like a Kindle, yeah, then that would be like magic.
1: I feel like the whole Asgard vibe is that there's a mixture between something supernatural and something technological. But then there's also objects that seem to allow them to push beyond what inherent supernatural power they have, or they just exist as conduits of some sort in this world. But the most important relic is, um, or the most important Asgardian artifact is Mew Mew, Thor's hammer. The hammer. Yeah. Mjolnir.
0: Um, Mjolnir, okay. <laughs> see.
1: Do you have any thoughts on this before before I say a little bit about it?
0: I think the hammer looks a little stupid.
1: Oh, I love it.
0: Okay, well, I think it looks a little bit stupid.
1: What about it is stupid?
0: Uh, It just looks a bit dorky. I think it's just like a little bit dorky and like, you know, it just, I just think it looks a little bit dorky.
1: Okay, cool. That's all. All right. (laughs) Thorna, cool enough for Frida. Um, okay, yeah. so Mjolnir is an Asgardian artefact Forged in the heart of a dying star But the thing is That applies to all elements heavier than iron So the ring on my finger Was also forged in the heart of a dying star
0: <laughs> Yeah, sure Yeah, <laughs> I, could, I, I thought forged in the mountains of Mount Doom Or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. Whatever <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just really funny. But yeah, so it's just, I mean, there's not much I can really say about it because it is, it's mythical, it's, it's, it's hammer magic, it's space magic, hammer magic. That's what it is, that's what it does. But what it does seem to do is that it seems to absorb the energy from the weather. So Thor is able to call and command the weather. And then the hammer is able to absorb all that energy into it. And then redirect it so it can be used as like a, some sort of firing weapon. But then also it's like super duper heavy and made of some super uh, intense element called Uru. That means that when he throws it at people it also fucks him up. But it is enchanted. And the enchantments are what connects it to Thor and allows that only the person who is worthy,
0: a.k.a. Thor, can wield it.
1: Now, any other thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, it reminds me of Gambit in X-Men, who has a similar kind of like redirect energy bullshit. Oh. Where he's got his stick and he puts the energy and then he redirects the energy. And I just, it's like this idea of like energy energy. Can it be created or destroyed, but you can reabsorb it and then like put it out however you want. It's like this trying to incorporate a scientific idea into supernatural powers. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Like I'm I'm not trying to incorporate
1: science anything. I'm just saying that as as a supernatural thing, what it does is it takes the element it takes the thunder and the lightning and it throws it at other people. Okay. Well, there's a lot more artifacts and relics in the vaults of Asgard, but whether they are enchanted items or space magic, I cannot tell. But there is a bit of Asgardian tech that's not in the vaults. Say, a big sparkly bridge. Oh yeah, Bifrost. Bifrost. What's it called? A. Bifrost. Bifrost. Aka okay, the rainbow bridge of Norse mythology. So in mythology, they believed that the gods came down to earth on rainbows. I think it's done beautifully. Gra- can we just talk for one second
0: about how stunning that is? How what the bridge? Yeah. The the going riding the bridge. Yeah. Just, it was cool. I love the room especially. Like I loved the yeah. whole room that they go into where the guy has to set it all up. The more I kinda read about
1: this the more I was like, this is really cool. Because basically what we're talking about here, Frida, is we're talking about Asgard's space travel program. (laughs) So, Heimdall is the Watcher of the Gods and the Guardian of the Bifrost, which is a portal, or rather, the opening to a controlled Einstein-Rosen bridge, aka a wormhole. Controlled because it can be directed or opened to nine different realms. So... Let's talk wormhole reality and then what they did with it in the movie. So the idea originates with Einstein back in the early 1900s and the theory of general relativity. So loosely, not going to try to explain general relativity here, just just to be clear. But loosely, general relativity relates to how we see the gravitational effect. Now, we've talked before about the attractive force between large objects and how this is what holds them, uh, what holds like the moon in orbit and everything. But it goes deeper than that because Einstein saw it as massive objects warping space time, causing a curvature like when you put a bowling ball in the middle of a trampoline and it makes it so that anything you try to roll across the trampoline will move towards the ball because the massive size of the Mm -hmm. ball is warping space around it. So this warping is how we see the gravitational effect. And then Nathan Rosen developed these ideas further to suggest that you could connect two points in space time using a bridge, which would essentially act as a shortcut between two points in space. And particularly for them, they were looking at between two black holes. And it was then named an Einstein-Rosen bridge, but everyone pretty much just calls it a wormhole. So they are mathematically predicted to exist, But we have never found one. And I guess it's because we're pretty limited by our current technology. But even if we did find one, would we be able to use it to travel? What do you think, Frida?
0: Yeah. Would it be something that we can ride on without dying? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, I'm serious. Like, would we just ride it? And where would it take us? Through what? Well, I don't know.
1: So the main thing is that there are a few challenges when it comes to finding a way to traverse a wormhole. And the challenges mostly right now are size and stability. So when we talk about size, the theoretical predictions for wormholes that we would expect are microscopic. So I never knew this. When we talk about wormholes and predictions like that, we're talking about 10 to the negative 33 centimeters in size. (laughs)
0: That makes sense.
1: Like, it is minuscule. <laughs> well,
0: what is And what does it do? What does that thing do? Like, what's the scale? What's the, what is it doing? No, yeah, I don't know. If, if no, you were it, to ride on it. So, yeah.
1: well, you couldn't because you couldn't get in it. We can't get anything through that.
0: But if you had a homunculus. <laughs> hey.
1: <laughs> but But the thing about these is these predicted ones are what's referred to as primordial. As in, they're what are predicted to exist at the beginning of time. And as the universe is expanding, then in theory, there could be some of them that stretch in size. So potentially larger ones in existence. But then, even if we could find one that's that's a good size, and we're like, okay, cool, it's bigger, we can get into it. What about stability? Now, the problem is they are super unstable. And the way that they work is that as soon as any normal matter, a.k.a. us, enter, the gravitational attraction would cause it to close, essentially collapsing the wormhole. So the only way that you could encourage the bridge to stay open is to stabilize it in some way by artificially adding what's referred to as exotic matter. And I say exotic in inverted commas because in this sense, it just means it's referred to as matter with a negative energy density and a large negative pressure, which is something that is theoretical. Like we don't have matter that we can just throw at it and go, this will do. Like it's not something that we have that we can use. But Frida, I want to present you something interesting that happened recently enough in in just the last couple of years. There's a study that was presented at the um, American Physical Society in 2019 that looked at light particles being able to traverse a wormhole without the addition of exotic matter by using quantum entanglement. They found Mm. that a photon would be able to travel through, but they also found that it would not be a shortcut. It would actually take longer to traverse the wormhole than to go the normal route. Now, this might dash the hopes of interstellar space travel, but what's really cool about this research is that a theory of traversing a wormhole using principles associated with quantum teleportation is a step towards the unification of gravity and quantum mechanics. And not only that... But it's showing that we are advancing in our understanding and abilities because for a hundred years, wormholes have been mathematically predicted with no possibility of building one. And now there is this area of research that is finding a way to actually be able to build a wormhole using quantum entanglement.
0: Like, how cool is that? That's so cool. So in other words, Abby, while using a bridge to come from Asgard is not theoretically possible. It's not as far off as you think. (laughs) (laughs) Scientists in Michigan have shown that it's possible to take a wormhole of 10 to the minus 672 metres and use it to take one light particle from them to the other. So scientists are actually beginning to use the wormholes to draw...
1: (laughs) I just want to clarify because you did all that I just got to say it was scientists at Harvard and Stanford Just to be accurate It was Harvard
0: and Stanford just Michigan Michigan just sort of feels, feels right sometimes uh, It's okay. amazing I, I I think it's awesome I think it's fucking awesome I, And what I'm doing right now is I'm talking
1: very kind of openly It's very kind of open-ended about wormholes And this idea of just generating a a, a hole somewhere in space and having it go somewhere else in space but a lot of research is also like to do with the connection between two black holes and it and it connects to this concept that they're talking about about doing it um sorry about stabilizing it using quantum entanglement is that um that would be a shortcut so finding a way to harness two black holes as a wormhole would be a Interstellar space travel, which I think maybe there might be a movie about this. I was
0: just going to say, is that the, is that, that's, they go through the black hole. Yeah. It it would, it would, um, you would not survive it though. Yeah. Nothing survives it. Yeah. Well, we don't know
1: what the future holds, mate.
0: (laughs) I hope we all go together on the ship.
1: <laughs> well, that's what one of the... So one of the things... one. Of, and I cannot get into this too much because I, I have not looked at too much of the research about this. But one of the things that was positive, I think it was source Schwarzschild or, or somebody, where they basically said that the radiation, because nothing can escape that, but the fact that black holes have some radiation coming out of it, that the thing was, is it that the radiation is actually coming from another part of the universe another and that black it's, hole. yeah and that it's um it's that there's so a cool. connected wormhole between the two black holes and that it's that's what's coming it's that's so cool exiting the black hole so
0: i know um, that humans have to go through or send something to go through to prove it right like because yeah. that, that's what we need to measure it but, but i even like the secrets of the universe doesn't matter to me whether we never go through or the fact that there's a suggestion that all this stuff is kind of happening, regardless mm. of whether we ever find a use for it. It's so cool, as sort of as mystical things in the universe sort of just happening, whether or not we experience yeah. it.
1: Well, that's the thing. And it's, it's it, to me, it's just this beauty of like being able to we can we can look at the future and we can look at what we envision and hope things would be as this like fantastical science fiction type future. But we can also look at the past and look at what people did think and then look at what we know now or even just like stuff and advancements that happen in research today that allows that we know what it can do for the future. Or we know that what it does to consolidate something that was predicted years ago, but they didn't have the technology to be able to show it. And that's why like advancing technology is just so cool.
0: Yeah. Like they used to think the earth was flat.
1: (laughs) Have you heard?
0: (laughs) Look how far we've come.
1: (laughs) So this is the thing. Um, As much as I'd love to be able to just kind of be like, oh, we could totally use a wormhole for space travel. uh, The reality of being able to turn it into a vehicle would require insanely advanced technology. So I'm not saying it's not possible It's just the technology that you would require for it is so far beyond anything that we will be able to achieve in the near future. But does that mean that the Asgardians can't achieve it? Well said. So the thing about a wormhole is that it's not just about connecting two points in the same region of space, like in the same galaxy. A wormhole could be a connection between two different galaxies. And even more than that, It could also be a connection between different universes. And so Asgard, from what it seems to be depicting in the movie we understand, has technology so advanced that it is indistinguishable from magic to our eyes. And the Bifrost which is seen, uh, which has been described as an energy gorged path is connected to some sort of driving mechanism that Heimdall operates to generate a wormhole to one of the nine realms that they have been able to link to. And the wormhole is then stabilised either through the use of exotic matter or quantum entanglement and so the Asgardians are able to travel through and explore, enjoy or destroy as they please. So I just... What I thought was I thought it was awesome to look at something that is predicted in physics, but we cannot say in any way how the technology would need to work to create this. So I love that they don't bother explaining Asgard in science terms. They just hint at advancements beyond our comprehension. So really at the end of the day, it's all just space magic.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. They can yes, they they sort of have that little speech there just to be like, We are And it's similar even with the interstellar, which we can get into later. Like they explain about being like, at some point we solved it. Yeah. Okay, cool. And we can see based on the advances of science happening now, these little sort of tiny small advances that it could happen with some infinitely large amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) A lot of time. (laughs) 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 Well, that's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good. There wasn't much else science to talk about, but I was very excited to finally talk a bit more about wormholes. I've been waiting for this for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's a, it's cool science.
1: Do you have anything else you would like to say? I, you did ask me one more question that I haven't answered. Which one? You asked what were the signs in the sand.
0: Yeah, what were the signs in the sand?
1: So. There, there's no special meaning From what I okay. can tell They're just supposed to be Like they're described as Asgardian runes And I think it was just a way to link Ancient Viking and Celtic knots To kind of show Like that the the, the imprint of What the Asgardians leave behind Is reminiscent of what we see in, in Viking and Celtic Kind of history so that it shows Some sort of connection to the mythologies That then developed or that like some of the Things that we have in on Earth are a result of the Asgardians visiting and people thinking they were gods back in the day.
0: Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, because I did see that there yeah. were a lot of ancient runes in North um, in North ar- archaeological studies. And so it's basically like, mm. oh, this this thing, which is related to what we currently know as ancient runes, was the imprint of the people arriving from the bridge. It was like yeah. a special communication device, but now that you see the Idris, no. that Humdel could see them yeah but it still doesn't answer the question of why screaming makes it <laughs> how does him screaming help because
1: it's a big open space and he thinks <laughs> oh, no! we all do it, it we all do it i talk a lot louder when we're recording because you're all the way over in australia so i feel like i have to shout
0: at you okay fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> fair enough your answer is, wouldn't you, if you were standing there and he yeah. wasn't singing, you? Wouldn't you be like, "I'm Dal"?
1: It would yeah. feel really weird to just stand there very quietly next to Jane, just going, "I'm Dal," "I'm Dal." You have to Psst. like,
0: yeah. yeah, you have yeah, to yeah, show. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not talking to you, and and I know he's not standing next to me. He's up there, so I just got to shout up at him.
0: I'm nitpicking. <laughs> I'm nitpicking. <laughs>
1: uh, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Nope. Okay. Then shall we play some music?
0: What the what the what the fuck?
1: Frida, what is your what the fuck?
0: Uh, uh this is nothing but the table that he flipped at the beginning had like twelve massive pumpkins on it. <laughs> <laughs> There were just whole raw pumpkins on this table that he flipped.
1: Why do we have this weird, like, connection with, like, the um, kind of wealth, food and wealth or something? Like, it just, it's making me think of Harry Potter, you know, all the scenes in Harry Potter when they go to have the feast. It's like the feast, the more food there is on the table, yeah, that it means more or something. You're just like, what?
0: Yeah. And when you look closely at the Harry Potter tables, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's just like a huge plate of piled up chicken legs, a huge plate of piled up corn on the cobs. It's like a barbecue for a bunch of like, um, like students. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of an analogy, like a bunch of like hungry teenage boys. Kids being and then like being like this plate of chicken. I think it's gross, but yeah. In that specific, the set design was like massive pumpkins. <laughs> I want just, pumpkins. Just Twelve of them.
1: Asgard has More pumpkins. pumpkins. <laughs> I want them. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Why is Asgard growing Everything, pumpkins? Pumpkins. pumpkins are a fucking delicacy on As <laughs> al- delicacy on Asgard. You don't know. It was Halloween on Asgard. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Could have been Halloween. Oh, hey. pumpkins. <laughs> We don't know where pumpkin Sam juice Hayne came
0: from. Let me get some pumpkin juice. I'm just making fun of Daniel Radcliffe's lateral speech impediment. Pumpkin All right. juice. Anyway, what was your what the fuck? My what the fuck? My what the fuck is just like
1: oh, I'm just going to read it the way I wrote it down. There's a line Jane just goes, "God, I hope you're not crazy." And I'm like, in the context of what you know about this guy, he is for sure crazy. What the fuck are you doing? that just that just like this dude was enraged in the middle of the desert that he had to be tasered you like now he's just wandering smashing cups around the place wandering (laughs) around the place talking about space magic and and fucking hammers and norse mythology and you're just believing everything he says and hoping he's not crazy when 100 percent if we take away the fact that he is actually from Asgard, he's crazy. It just shows.
0: Yeah. Women,
1: we have been really screwed up by society into um, into making excuses for men. She should have just <laughs> left
0: him at the hospital and ran the
1: fuck away.
0: I know. It's like the 12 monkeys thing. Gee, I hope yeah. you're not crazy. I hope there's a perfectly good explanation for this so that I can bang ya. That's yeah. basically the thing. It's like... You had to be held down by a lot of people. You had to be injected because you were beating everybody up. You, uh, but I, I really hope that you're a Norse god and being normal. Uh, that, that would be no, my option. That would be my preferable option because, because then uh, I could have sex with you.
1: It's this idea of like I want to be the Disney princess, and maybe I am the Disney princess. And if I just believe you, maybe you are the frog. Like the frog is going to turn into the prince. Like maybe you really yeah. are. I'm the princess, and you're the frog, and everything's going to be
0: okay. And I don't care how unrealistic everything's gonna that Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to believe. It's going to be fine. I'll believe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I just remember, I love the excuses. Actually, I find it all like really hilarious. The amount of excuses people like to make, like, you know, maybe I actually, maybe, maybe it's just like, you know, his culture, you know, maybe it's just like his culture. I, I have memories in my head of girlfriends doing this. Yeah. Excuses one after the other, like it's just, it's just the culture of where it's from, you know, and it's like.
1: Oh, you don't Amazing. understand what, like, you know, he's been through, So he's got some baggage or he had this really bad
0: relationship. Before. <laughs> you don't understand his ex was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> She's never, the ex is never the betrayal, crazy. <laughs> the betrayal of other women, how quickly women do that about their yeah. new boyfriends. They go, no, no, you don't understand, his ex is crazy. Yeah. I've like, never really? met her, but he's told me and I believe everything he says. I believe him because it's in my interest to believe him. No, no. She really is crazy. We could do a whole podcast on that bullshit. Yeah.
1: I'll find I'll find a I'll find a movie. I'll find a movie somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Let's move into final verdicts. Did the movie pass the Sam's test? No. Do you think not? I no. thought it
0: did. Well, they had to make... Oh, because they had the warrior. Do you think the warrior was in love with Thor? Yeah. What Was there... A, yes. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. So the warrior's in love with Thor. Natalie Portman's in love with Thor. The only female warrior they have to make her in love with Thor. And then Natalie Portman has to be in love with Thor. So I, I think on that basis, no.
1: Well, yeah, but the thing is... <laughs> I don't know. Feel like Jane Darcy Freo, Lady Smith. Lady Sith, sorry, Lady Smith. Who the fuck is Lady Smith? Lady No, Sith. no, I
0: get all of that, but yeah. they didn't have to also make them fall in love. Like, Because 'cause they're women, women fall in love. It just is mm. such a bad example of like why people think they can't hire women. I mean it's not why people think that they can't Sith work is with
1: them. Or Sith is in love with him. I just I just kind of assumed she was.
0: I, well, I would be too, because you know what? Let's, fuck it. We would be, you know what? Don't worry about it. They're right. (laughs) We are like that. Any woman in that situation would be Gaga for Chris Hemsworth. You know what? It's an accurate portrayal. Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? Uh, It's fine. It passes.
1: (laughs) Does it pass the here comes the science?
0: That's such a funny question. It passes the here comes the magic.
1: Yeah. It's, I like that they use the idea of wormholes and we can't really say like what advanced technology could do, but it's definitely like definitely space magic.
0: It's definitely space magic. Yeah. It's hard to pass the here comes the science test when you're talking about wormholes being because <laughs> we don't know about it yes. enough yet. <laughs> That's
1: what I like. They did that smart thing. It's like, let's take something that is mathematically predicted, but we cannot prove how it should work. Therefore, no one can disprove what we've done. Smart.
0: Uh huh. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, final verdict
0: three. Rude. Fine. (laughs) Not really. All Marvel movies are getting three, (gasps) also. How dare
1: you? <laughs> well, I'm. this is a four for me. 3.8, okay. actually.
0: Three. Yeah. I don't know. It's arbitrary, whatever. Yeah, I'm, Three. Great. I'm giving no, it 3.8
1: Hammers because I enjoy it very much. But I have to dock marks for the portrayal of Jane because it's just a pain in my ass.
0: It's such a pain. She's such a pain. Natalie yeah. Portman is a huge pain. Yeah, I actually find people playing scientists mostly. It's sucks. Yeah, there's there's so few exceptions, and this was a prime example of it. Absolutely, I find that. Sucking. Yeah, and
1: what's upsetting to me more so is like that the exceptions as well are mostly men. Do you know what I mean? Like some of the good scientists that we've seen have been men, and there's just yeah. so few when it's women. And it's just like yeah. come on, it's guys. Like,
0: she's a scientist. And she'll fall in love. It's really annoying. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, Frida, next movie.
0: Mm-hmm. So, continuing the streak of Abby. So, we're going to say Abby does. It's so not continuing the streak, but here's what's happening. Abby's doing Marvel. Frida, Frida responds with whatever the fuck she wants.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Abby's <laughs> doing whatever the fuck she wants. Okay? We can both exactly.
0: do <laughs> So, we did... Eternal Sunshine the Spotless Mind And next week we're doing Another round With Mads Mickelson,
1: Who I love so I'm excited about it Alright another round in two weeks Time please uh, join us That is the final movie of our cycle So that means that next week We have the last episode of our Mini series Yeah so you know find us in normal places There we go Okay, Instagram at okay, Movies <laughs> <laughs> Email scienceofmovies@gmail.com. I mean, I can say give us a rating, but you don't, so.
0: <laughs> Jeez, someone watch over Abby. <laughs> I know. But like it helps with up. the
1: algorithm, and people listen to us, but they don't listen to us because they don't do it. So are they even listening to us? Is it all a lie? Is it all a ruse? <laughs> Is it just you, Frida? Are you the listener? <laughs> Do you just put the podcast on all day in the background? Are you tricking me?
0: <laughs> and then I use a VPN to bounce around, yeah,
1: so that all yes. the different countries come up. Oh, I meant to say that. I think I think somebody listened in El Salvador recently, and I just wanted to go <laughs> shout out to El Salvador.
0: All right, stop it. Okay, bye. Let's go. (laughs) Bye.